0: Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg, and you just entered the database. Now, for today's issue, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, or not really so much about the Super Bowl. I don't know how much I actually have to say about the Super Bowl itself, but I do think there are some important things that all of us, whether we do plan on watching the Super Bowl or not, should hear or think about before doing such a thing, before watching the Super Bowl or even before not watching the Super Bowl, but before doing other things that might also be relevant. So what do I mean? So there's, a, there's really a lot to be said about this topic in terms of is it the right thing intrinsically or the wrong thing intrinsically to watch the football game that is the Super Bowl or to watch any football game? So, you know, at first glance, I would say Intrinsically, intrinsically, it could be that it's a very neutral thing. We'll discuss the details about that and how how much it is a neutral thing or not. But there are a lot of peripheral things that a person has to know, you know, just in terms of what to be concerned about when watching the Super Bowl. And I would say that, that, again, it's really not just about the Super Bowl. It's about a lot of things. So I'll explain what I mean. So, we, you know, there are certain aspects of life in general, where there are things that are neutral, and then there are certain things that are, that there's an objective standard about that, that it's not value neutral, but there's clearly a Ratzon Hashem in the matter. That Ratzon Hashem is usually reflected somewhere in the Torah or in the postkim who have um, transmitted the Torah um, over the generations till where we are today. So there are certain things that you certainly cannot let cross your retina and go it through your eyes so that you see it, and then it should make an impression on you. So certainly, certainly, if you are going to be um, allowing things that are happening on a screen that are taking place at an event called the Super Bowl, if you're letting those things, you know, again, if you're letting those things pass through your eyesight and you're seeing it, so among the things that will be on that screen might be a a halftime show that's not sneas, very likely. Maybe something that will enter your ears might be kol isha, the voice of a a singing woman, and you might be looking at her and she might not even be dressed in the right way. And these are things that are just very clearly um, things that are just not halakhically appropriate for anyone to view or to listen to, though certainly there are different levels within Kolisha, there are different levels, um, you know, within Snias, but some of the objective, um, I would say, the, the objective standards, um, those boundaries are crossed in these areas. And if that's what we're talking about, whether it's a commercial that is likely to either be not Snias or to not have appropriate content for a Ben Torah and a Yerushalayim, so those are things that you know will be there. And, you know, the, the, only, you know, the only way around that, um, I guess, is, I mean, I, th- I think the first thing is, you know, to just be aware that those things are going to be there. And you'll have to come up with some game plan if it's, you know, if you are determined, if this is something that you are going to do, you are going to watch the Super Bowl, you've made that decision, you are going to a Super Bowl party. You've made the decision; you're going to watch it. So those are things that you have to account for. You know, I don't know. You know, to a certain um, degree, you might call this circumstance a circumstance of you know, etz hadas tovra, that there might be tov there, but you know what? There's a mixture of ra there, and the question is, does the tov? In this situation, and just just for argument's sake, suppose there is Tove there, that I'm getting a break from my learning that's going to enable me to learn stronger later, or to do a vodas hashem better later. So let's say whatever Tove we can argue is there is is does does that counterbalance the Ra, or do we say that, you know, maybe we have to come up with a better plan to somehow extract all the all, all the Ra so that there is so it's not there. You know, I, I do remember, you know, I do know that there are um, there are yeshivas that will um, that will watch, or, or they will, I should say, they would broadcast the Super Bowl for the Talmudim, but certain things wouldn't be there. So, whether it's commercials or a halftime show, things that won't be there. So, you know, you go to a halftime shear, right? There, are, there are plenty of opportunities to go to a halftime shear instead of seeing the halftime show. But that 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 shear that's going to be playing during halftime, wherever it is, that might not necessarily account for the things that are usser that are. Going to be on the screen. So that's that's something that you certainly have to think about. Indeed, the world at large is an etadas tovera. In fact, I don't remember if we mentioned this in previous Shiram on the podcast. I think we might have. Um, but Rav Gedalia Shore in Orgedalia, who he says that you know the world we live in is a world of the Etadas Tovera where there's a mixture of Toven Ra, and it's a very hard world to live in to balance. Um, the, the Tov against the Ra and to make sure that we, that we stay away from the Ra. But, you know, and again, this also doesn't apply just to the Super Bowl, right? Maybe something like owning a smartphone, you might argue, has the same problems. Um, here you actually, you can, you know, a smartphone can be a tool for Shiurim. It could be a, it could be a tool for your work. It could be a tool for a lot of important things, Torah related or just Parnassa related or life at large related. But how much on there is ra, and how much of the tov is going to counterbalance? The truth is, there is no such real. There's really no such thing as counterbalance when it comes to this kind of thing, because the the ra is always going to be usser. The tov is always going to be great, but the ra is never going to be okay. It's not like it's going to be okay that it's not like when in the world of schar and onish, right? That. Oh, if you have much more schar versus reason, or you have much more reason for schar, much more schus versus schov, much more merit versus obligation, that the obligation just falls away. It doesn't work like that. You know, you get repaid for every schar, for every, you know, for every schar that's merited, and for every onesh that's merited, so that that comes too. And so, you know, that means a person has to really come up with some battle plan against the Sahara, wherever the Ra might be there. So it's always something that a person has to consider. So those are just things about some of the, quote-unquote, more objective things that a person has to uh, be concerned for when a person is going to, um, you know, engage in such an undertaking that, that, that if they are determined to watch the, you know, watch the Super Bowl, then, okay, so that's something i got to think about, just like it's something you got to think about in life in general, but certainly today. Now, I want to just also mention that you might be saying, listen, I don't care about the Super Bowl, so none of this applies to me, so don't think that we're just preaching to the choir here if you're in that, if you're in that crowd, because it might not be the Super Bowl, but it might be something else, right? It might, it might be Politics. I remember the very first real talk Torah. You can go back and listen to that one. We spoke about the the role of politics in life of Ian. We spoke about the the Truma when he talks about speaking politics on Shabbos. His lashon is Milchamos and Malachim, the, um, just the the news about wars and kings. But it's really the you know the, the 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 olden day equivalent of modern day politics. So these are these are things to think about. Any whatever it is, any thing that you enjoy, whatever it is, or anything that you spend time devoted to, that's not intrinsically Torah. So you always have to ask this question, how much of this is Ra? How much of this is Tov? And how much of this is really, really a danger? So so, so this is something to think about. And, and it could be, for you, let's say it's not the Super Bowl again. It could be something else. And you know, and there are plenty of yeshivas that also account for this, and they, you know, that they, 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 it's full of people who don't care about things like the Super Bowl, and instead they have super mishmar, like my yeshiva did, super mishmar, where you just learn and learn and learn in the base madrish, and there's special guest uh, shiurim, and there's and, and there's a special um, Carlos and Gabby's dinner or whatever kind of dinner or a Dougie's dinner, whatever, whatever the circumstance after the, after the mishmar is over, so. That, you know, there are many great ways to uh, to account for that. But then, even even you know, even within food, right? How much of food you know you have to say, ask the same thing: How much of food is just my yitzharah? How much of this is what I need for myself, and um, and anything that's excess is is not helping your avodah session Right? So how much how much um, downtime is. Is you know downtime doesn't have to be downtime. It could be uptime. If that if you know if it's contributing to your ruchnius, it's not a yirida. It can be letzarach aliyah. And if it is letzarach aliyah, that's great. But if you can't say yirida letzarach aliyah, if that yirida is going to take you down so much lower than the aliyah that's going to happen after that. Right? That's if we assume that there's even a, a, you know, when we talk, going back to that point of counterbalancing, you can't say, oh, you read the Letzerach aliyah if that you read is not going to bring you back higher um, afterwards. Um, in fact, higher than you were before. Right? Then, then, then that's not accomplishing anything. So a person has to decide for themselves. And that's a really hard thing to do, right? Because you can't really trust to yourself until the day you die, says Birkei But all of that said, these are the things that a person has to, to measure out. And weigh out when, when going into life in general. So now that we've spoken about some of the peripheral things, some of the things that might be objectively bad, so there are other things that might also actually be objectively bad, but we don't even realize it. Um, it has the guise of neutrality. It looks like it's neutral. Um, some, some, some things we might argue are a mitzvah, but then the question is, even if it's not the worst thing in the world, right? So you might say like, what, what can be so bad, uh, just, you know, intrinsically, neutrally, you know, um, or, you know, what, what can be so, so bad about a sports game, a sports game where, you know, again, forget, no halftime show, no ladies singing, no ladies dancing, um, no, no, no inappropriate content and commercials, Um, you know, no, no inappropriate speech, no, no drinking and going crazy and being a part of disgusting, um, you know, uh, actions, none of that, just, just, just a football game, you know, they're just throwing a ball around and they're, you know, they're passing it, trying to get touchdowns and, you know, tackling each other sometimes or, or a lot of the time, you know, so what, what, what can be, you know, intrinsically wrong with that? So there are, there, there are two degrees um, I think that are that are important that we mention at this time, and that is, and part of this goes back to the you know the idea about um, the obsessions with politics, which was something that again came up in more than one previous real talk Torah, and that is um, the, the the first thing that I think is important is something that I that I heard that made an impact on me. Now, again, I personally was not you know I personally am not um by any means the biggest football fan. In fact, um, you know, the only reason I know who's playing in the Super Bowl is because I heard that it's every rabbi's job to know who's playing in the Super Bowl. I heard that from Rabbi Eton Feiner, um, who you would not expect him to say such a thing. But he thinks that, you know, if if you're if you're a person who's going to engage, if you're a spiritual person of any kind and you're going to engage with people, you know, who who are out there in the world and who do care about these things, you have to know. So I happen to know that this year it's the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Um, and, and other than that, those two words don't really mean anything to me other than um, the, the original cultural connotations that those words had um, in terms of the football teams. It makes no difference to me. But you know, for, for many people, these things do matter. And again, for myself, you know, I, I didn't care so much um, about the Super Bowl in the past And today, I am going to be honest. um, I I mean, maybe for some people, um, I I don't really care about the Super Bowl. And I still don't think that this message that I'm about to say is inappropriate for me because this message made an impression on me and it it changed me in other areas. But um, one one Simchas Torah was actually Shemini Atzer, so just before Simchas Torah. And I was in Detroit um, and. The um, I was at a shul, Beth Tefillah, it happens to be a kolel also, Rabbi Levine. And Rabbi Levine was giving this Drusha on Shemini Yatzeris, and I have to say that I was blown away. And he was talking a lot about coming off of the No Norayim, he was talking a lot, and he, he, um, he was extending the drusha to ideas about Parshas Noach, which I'll mention briefly. But his whole point was trying to explain what we were accomplishing on Sukkot, right? going into Shemini Yatzeris, going into Simchas Torah. And the precise mashal he gave was the mashal of football. And the the idea was that the question was, what are we looking for on sukkah? So coming off of the Amin Meroi, when we had just done teshuva, we just got kapara, we just got mechila, right? Like, there's so many different levels of things that we want to achieve um, you know, through the Yom M'Norayim, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. We want to be forgiven, we want to be pardoned, we want to be atoned. All these different English words, which maybe we understand or not, but certainly the Hebrews are is even harder. But there are a lot of different levels of, of achievement, spiritual achievement that we have, whether we don't want to be punished for our sins. We also want the relationship to be mended, right? So you might say that Mechila uh, means we're looking away for, from what you did, Slicha, be a similar connotation, uh, kapara already is that you know there's some kind of a redemption that's paid for my soul by right? Kofir benafsho. So there's that level. There's another level called tahara, right? lifnei Hashem ti taharu. We're trying to uh, uh, to achieve purity. And Rabbi Levine said, what exactly are we like? What are we asking for in, in, that, in that in that in that particular um, request that we that we achieve tahara? And he says this is essentially what the purpose of Sukkot is. He says that even though the sin is behind you, even though it's, it's, it's something that you are not doing anymore, let's say, you, you, you apologized for it, you're making Kabbalah so that you're not going to do it in the future, and in the meantime we're able to look at you right now as a brand new person. But that, that Yetzirah, whatever it is, that passion, it's still in your system. You still crave it, you still yearn for it, you still want it. And if you would see it, you might just bounce right back. You just want to be a part of it. It's something that that consumes you. You just love it so much. How do we get rid of that? And do you think, says, says Rabbi Levine, do you think that Hashem put into the original Bria that so many of us would just love to watch people jumping on each other, throwing a ball, the points and the and then the fireworks of the show and everything, all the things that go into a, whether a Monday night football the game or a Super Bowl. Do you think Hashem like originally planted that into the Bria, that this should be the thing that gets us pe- in passion, something that, that should get us going? It certainly wasn't the case in Parshas Noach when we, when we saw the entire Bria, the entire creation going against its nature. Animals, people being with people that they shouldn't be. But once the culture is affected enough by wrong ideologies, it becomes commonplace. And when it becomes commonplace, it not only becomes commonplace, but it becomes something that, that gets us going. It's, some, it's something that runs our lives. Whether and This is true with a smartphone and, and following the news and being on your phone all the time. This is true with sports. This is true with politics. This is true with a lot of things. When things become commonplace, these are the things that get us going. This is true with relationships, the kinds of relationships that are, that are in the world right now. The entire brio was messed up in the time of, of Noach. And what did Noach have to do? What well, we do on Sukkot. You enclose yourself inside an enclosure, you isolate yourself, and you get everything out of your system. And when we say get it out of your system, we don't mean that we indulge in it, but we actually isolate ourselves from it and say, I need a break from this. And I need to recalculate. All right, Like the GPS, recalculating. We have to figure out what route we're on. What are the things that, that we get impassioned by? And this brings me to um, a very important story that I heard a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Um, um, it was in the, I, I heard it from Ravdani Marcus from Raship, but it was a story that, that took place with Rav Moshe Weinberger. Who was invited by one of his balabatim to, you know, one of his to a Super Bowl party? You know, his, bal- his balabus really wanted him to come just to see, to experience. You know, you know um, it, it, how you know, you, you want to have your rav be with you. So the the, the, the rav humored him, um, and I've um, call him the rav, the rebbe, whatever you want to call him. He humored him, and he came to this. He came with him to the Super Bowl party, and. As you would expect, like in any Super Bowl party, I th- um, you know I think it, it could be you don't need to be a diehard fan to have a Super Bowl party. But this was a Super Bowl party with the real diehard fans. Everyone is going crazy. You know they're excited. They're you know whatever whatever they're doing. They have the food, the drinks, everything, and the game is, is you know is reaching the climax. I don't I don't know what quarter they're in, but probably somewhere towards um, you know, towards the end of the game, and there's a there's about to be a big play. Whatever, whatever the points, whatever the balance was of the points, it was it was a very it was a very heated moment of the game, and then and and everyone's screaming and going crazy, and they're they're just waiting for the next play, and then Rav Moshe Weinberger, I don't know if he went up to the television and he turned it off or if he pulled out the plug, he did something to that effect, and everyone stopped, and everyone everyone who who a second ago was just screaming and going crazy. After this quick pause, they all started screaming again, like, oh my gosh, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Put put it back on, put it back on. And Moshe Weinberger just stopped and said something to the effect of, when was the last time that your children saw you this excited about something in Ruchnius? About Torah? About davening? About Shabbos? About Yom Tov? And then he walked out. Again, I don't know if I had the exact quote, you get the idea. Now, when I heard the drosha from Rabbi Levine, that was going right into Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah is the opportunity, even though we're not heading towards Simchas Torah, but just something to think about at this time. You have the opportunity to show Hashem your passion for what the things are important to you, we're not saying that you, you know, it's 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 wrong to have passions for other things. But realize what was, you know, what, what were we what were we formed for? What were we created for? La no is something that's said about Torah. We were created for the purposes of learning Torah. That's where our passions should be. And if we are going to go to a Super Bowl party or watch the Super Bowl or go to the game, we do have to recognize, you know, what what we are looking at. I think, you know, once, we, once we've extracted all the isser from, this, from what might be called neutral, what might be called hetzer, maybe not even so much that. But whatever, whatever is objectively, objectively bad on, on almost all fronts, let's say that's all gone, we have to recognize what are we looking at. Are we looking at something that this is just me being a product of the culture, that, you know, I like this because a lot of people like this. And people around me like this, and, and therefore I've been programmed and conditioned to like this, and to, be, and to be very passionate about this. And if so, okay, you know, at least, you know, we gotta diagnose it. At least know what, look at yourself and know what you're looking at, and look at the game maybe, and know what you're looking at. But, and, and, this, and again, this is true with anything. This is true with the news, true with politics. Know that before you look at whatever you're gonna look at, no, I'm, I'm doing this because I've been culturally conditioned to do this. And if everything was according to the way Hashem created it, according to the purpose that Hashem created it, I would have my passion somewhere else. And maybe that's something that I have to work on. Maybe the thing that I should be dancing about, you know, I remember I was at a Super Bowl party, and um, uh, and it wasn't really a Super Bowl party, this was actually in Yeshiva a bunch of years ago, right? Um, And I remember it uh, it was the Giants, and they, they, they had just won and I just remember seeing a bunch of you know, and these were yeshiva guys, maybe maybe they're not the most stark yeshiva guys, but they were jumping and dancing. They were literally dancing. The question is, what things make you dance? Ask David Hamelech what made him dance. He danced at the Torah. And you know, and and, and his and his wife Michal thought that that he was belittling himself by dancing for the Torah. What things make you dance? What things make you crazy, absolutely crazy? We're about to go into Purim. Right? What things make you crazy? Is it just the drinks that make you crazy, or maybe it's maybe it's the relationship with Hashem and Torah? Right? It doesn't just have to be on Simchas Torah. There are many opportunities to celebrate Torah, many opportunities to learn Torah. Was it a chiddush that you just had on a parsha? Was that something that got you really excited? Is that what got you going? And you know, there's so many, you know, unfortunate stories where people couldn't make the proper decision in terms of what things that, you know, with Lot, for example. Lot, given the opportunity to go in any which direction, you want to go with Avraham, you want to go with, uh, with, with Sodom. And he, and he chose. And unfortunately, I, you know, I am familiar with a similar story where a person um, was going to be leaving yeshiva because, um, you know, the parents um, got them a, a a Super Bowl ticket, right? So he, he, had a, he had a ticket to the game to go with his parents, and, you know, and that, 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 would, that would entail leaving yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael so that he can go to this game. And the, the yeshiva, which, again, I'm saying is not even the starkest yeshiva, but the yeshiva said that, you know, if you go to this game, then please don't come back for the rest of the year. And the person chose the game. And I don't think it helped that the, the person's home team won. The team that they were going for won the game. I don't think that helped. But, and I don't know if, you, if the question is, you point to the parents, you point to the kid, but this person was not in a place where they could properly look at things and make the right decision, because they were too culturally conditioned to be in love with this, even though, you know, um, you, their heart was over here and not, you know, not, not in the place of Torah. So, again, it's just a matter of knowing what you're looking at, knowing, uh, you know, being able to look at yourself, know what you're going into, and um, again, relevant for everybody, doesn't matter what, to, what related the topic is. It doesn't really matter what the Indian is. But what what are the things that we celebrate? What things get us going? Um, when is the last time our children see us excited about something in Ruknias? Right? Well, what what things get us so excited? You know, is it, is it the Seal Hashas? Is it finishing uh finishing Masechta? Whatever it is, is a Shabbos Kodesh. We we have the opportunity every single day. It this is not just one day on the calendar year that we get to show it. Right when uh, when if your if your child sees you on your on your phone all the time, that's the that's the message they're going to get. If they see you being Maver they see you learning mishnayos, they see learning halacha, they see you, Halakha, they see you, um, you know w- whatever it is. They, if it's involved in ruchnias, they're going to see, and they're going to know that this is the thing that you value. If they see you davening. If if your child gets the opportunity to see you davening, if your child comes to shul with you, or if if, if you're not able to make it a shul and your child sees you davening at home. So this this makes an impression, and um, sometimes the impression is more important to make on ourselves than to them, but uh, but this is the statement. Uh, the statement is to be able to look at ourselves and to know what we're looking at when we look at ourselves and to know what we're looking at when we're looking at other things, when we have a certain feeling towards something. Why do I have that feeling? Is it because this is what Hashem put into the briya originally, or this is something that I was culturally conditioned to 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 be in love with? And, uh, yeah, we should be zocha to be able to have all the right answers to these questions and be able to turn ourselves in the best possible direction in Avodah Hashem, Avas Torah, Nira Shemayim. Okay, that's all the time we have left for this Real Talk Torah. In the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thanks for joining us here at the Database.